Hello again. Welcome back to the Wednesday episode day of Let's Open the Bible with Gavin and Russ, a couple of pastors opening our Bibles today, and uh, we're going to look at a couple of things. By the way, hello, Gavin. Hello. And uh, we are going to start, listener, we're just going to, uh, it's just a, was it five, six words here in, in Matthew chapter 6, 11, but the, the meat and potatoes that we're going to look at is actually found in Deuteronomy 8. So I would commend you to go to Deuteronomy 8. Uh, and then, uh, Gavin, if you want to uh, pray, uh, I'll read this, uh, this passage in Matthew, and then we'll jump over to Deuteronomy 8. All right. So wait, I'm praying or you're praying? I don't know why this is so complicated, but every week there's at least one episode where you're confused on what I just said. So for those that are just tuning in, namely Gavin, uh, if you'll pray, pray. I'm going to read, read Matthew six eleven, and then we're going to go to Exodus. Or excuse me, Deuteronomy. You got me confused. Deuteronomy I feel like we're in the search for the Holy Grail. That scene where he says, "We're going to guard you until we come back." No, no, no. We we wait. We stay here and leave, and he comes back. No. Have you seen that? The two guards that are confused, like you? <laughs> Maranatha. <laughs> uh, did I tell you that, and I love this, and, and I, I, won't, I won't get into all the details, but I had a church member that was like, I might be into those prayers of imprecation, you know, strike them down, or, you know, those prayers where you pray for an affliction upon your enemy. I was like, yeah. I may drive that people to think that that's a good idea. You may. You may provoke that. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Almighty God, it is good to laugh. Um, it is good to have all sorts of emotions. And, and as Russ and I were talking before this, just to acknowledge that we have been up and down and had all sorts of emotions from frustration in a bookstore over the lack of, of worship and reverence for you. Uh, to sadness of things that are going on in our lives, to to laughter, um, just full laughter, and uh, we we have an abundant life afforded to us in Christ Jesus, and I thank you for that abundant life, Heavenly Father. As we as we pray and and read today, I pray that we would be very aware um, of our audience, and certainly there are people that are listening, and certainly we're talking uh, back and forth with each other, but but you are the great audience, God. You are the one we. We seek to please uh, above man. We seek to please you. And I pray that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in your sight, O oh, oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, all right. So again, this is another uh, from the retreat that I went to that uh, Pastor Sembla had pointed out. And uh, so we're going to flesh this out a little bit. Uh, Matthew six eleven. give us this day, today, this day. Our daily bread. And so that's from Matthew 6, 11. We're going to head over to, uh, again, Deuteronomy 8. So uh, before we, we go to Deuteronomy 8, and I think it's good, that, and we'll work through it, um, do you just want to kind of talk about what you gained from that? Just the reminder of our daily need. Uh, so every day, uh, we, we all face challenges every day. Some, some days we face we may face different challenges. Uh, you know, uh, for example, uh, you may have a, a certain doctor's appointment one day that you're, the challenge you're facing on that, that particular day is a little different or it could be a test, you know, depending on what you're dealing with. And so Simla talked about how uh, important it is that, that 
you know, bread here, you know, just make it whatever. Give us today what we need. You know, if that's boldness to declare our faith, if we know we're getting ready to have a conversation with somebody today uh, about Christ, maybe they're lost. Uh, give us boldness, Lord, uh, clarity of thought. Uh, Lord, give us wisdom as, as we plan today uh, for what we're going to do. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I just appreciated the, um, the immediacy of today in, in what is the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, you know, Simla talked about, you know, we can't live in the past. That's in the past. Uh, and, you know, we need to live kind of in the day and what our needs are for that day. Right. And I think it's very interesting that, you know, even in this very passage, um, Jesus reminds us that, that we're not going to be heard for our many words. You know, and, and then he says, um, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So even as we ask for those things we need, even as we plead with God to supply us uh, those needs and, and our daily bread, those things we need for that day, um, isn't it interesting? He already knows them. Yeah, he's not a begrudging God. I think this. I think this prayer is is in one way. It's a way that we reorder our affections. That we come before a holy God and we say, "Okay, God, if we want to live for Your glory, these are the things we need," and we acknowledge them before God. He knows what we need. We don't need to be eloquent or, you know, wordy or anything like that. We don't need to be barbarians in our babbling. We just need, um, we just need to ask. And he's, he, he, again, he's a good father that gives good gifts. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, I I think this is a way that we can rightly order our affections, but there is a problem that he's going to get into, into, in Deuteronomy eight, which is okay. When he supplies those needs abundantly because he loves us, what happens? Yeah. Are you going to read it or? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's head that way. Uh, right. So again, this is uh, this is Deuteronomy 8, and uh, I'm going to be reading uh, from verse 11 through verse 13. It says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his stat- uh, statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full, and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your hearts and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And so again, that, that actually read through verse 14. 15 is who led you through um, the, the great and terrible wilderness in which uh, were fiery serpents and scorpions and, thirst, and the thirsty land where there was no water who brought water for you uh, out of the, the flinty rock. So, so God supplies needs, and, uh, and, and we have to be careful, lest when he supplies those needs, we collect them, store them, and no longer have a need for him. And I love I loved letting the uh, proverbial or imaginary person whisper in my ear. You know I have those problems with voices, you know, people talking to me. But yeah. but I, I really do I, I really do try to um, understand what what a problem the problems that someone may have with my thinking. Because I know this, the Bible's right. So if I'm understanding it correctly, I'm correct. Not not that I'm correct always, but if I'm understanding scripture correctly, which is always correct, then I'm correct. So I but I want to let people whisper in my ear. What kind of horrible God makes you come and ask him for things? And he's saying this, 
It is the best place in the world for you to be in relationship, in constant communion with God. I think that's one of the ideas communicated in that Luke 15 passage that we were talking about the other day of the prodigal son, you know, where, where uh, most commentators say that when the son asks the father, that, that what we know as the prodigal son, asks the father for his inheritance, he is saying, I, I would rather have the money than you, dad. I would rather have the stuff, the material stuff than your life. He, in some sense, in the harder wording of those uh, those un- commentators that I've heard, it's like, why don't you just go die? Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. Okay. And it's it's like, you know, I've asked the question before, do we want God or do we just want his blessings? His gifts. Yeah. You want the giver or the gifts? And and here's the thing. The greatest gift is God. We just have to see through all the confusion. Right. He is the gift. Yeah, right. he is the gift. And, and you were saying that um, – earlier that there's a lot of spiritual confusion out there. And I think part of it, and let me back up. We ended the last podcast episode with, I hope that we made this clear We in our talk of spiritual confusion or something, you know, thank you for walking through us with spiritual confusion. I think we left people, I left people more confused. I'm confused now. I know. Here's the thing. Keep focused on God. Right. Confusion happens when we drift. When we start thinking our own thoughts uh, apart from the way that 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 uh, God has ordered the world, when correspondence theory of reality is not from God's perspective but from ours, we get confused. So get focused on Him. So w- w- one thing is: Do we want God, that great gift, or are we spiritually confused and and God has become blurry to us and distant, and now we just want the gifts? And in the prodigal son, it, it appears the father said, "Take the gifts, have at it." If you just want the gifts, go. Yeah. And where'd that get him? Right. Well, he went and worked through the gifts, and now he goes, oh, I want to go back and be just a servant in my father's house. And and uh, again, it's we don't have a, a God who is limited in his resources or his affection for us. So he goes back to a father that runs out and meets him and loves him well, uh, and we took some lessons from that. But in Deuteronomy 8, the warning is, lest your storehouses become full and you forget me. Yeah. And, and so he, he gives this this great object lesson. He gives us through the Exodus, the Israelites in Exodus, he gives us this great object lesson. I'm going to feed you every day with what you need. You're going to go out and collect manna, just what you need for that day, and then enough for a day of rest. But you're just going to get what you need to teach you that you need me. And man does Daily. not live on bread alone. Deuteronomy 8.3. Sorry, go ahead. Daily. Daily. Yeah. We need him daily. Daily. In fact, fasting is a declaration that more important to our daily needs than is food. That Deuteronomy 8, 3, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, fasting is a declaration more important to us than the food that we eat daily. And most people eat daily. Do you eat usually daily? Usually three usually. times a day. Uh, you usually eat three? U- usually. Okay. And there are some people that eat uh, less than that. From what I understand, historically, people ate less than three times a day. I don't understand. I would imagine with food prep time and everything else, you can look that up. But we eat daily usually or even multiple times daily. God said, listen, uh, or fasting is a declaration. More important to me than that daily bread, the physical bread, is the daily bread of a relationship with God by his spirit through his word um, according to scripture. Yeah, and and so this is a twofold daily need. Uh, not only do we need to spend time in God's Word daily, uh, we need to spend time in prayer with God daily. Yes, and it's interesting that there seems to be a prayer 
um, in Proverbs 30 that, that is that kind of sums it all up. It's, it's not even just, um, you know, it's not, I mean, this is actually a prayer to God for these things that help us walk this walk where we're coming to him daily for our needs. So, uh, Proverbs 30 verse seven, you, you want to read it? Or you want me to go ahead. Okay. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. That's an interesting way of wording it. Don't don't just give me this huge banquet, but just feed me what is needful for me. And I want uh, uh, in in our congregation, I always try to identify value laden words. Right? What implies something? Uh, of, of value. I think needful, it, I don't know that it's necessarily value laden, but it's close. Yeah. What is needful? How much food does a man need? Exactly that which God provides. Yeah. Sometimes there's a, a great need for great money or great food, or and other times we need less, and we just trust that God is gives us that. But but in this case, let me let me, let me get back to it. Uh, feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, "Who is the Lord?" Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Uh, so what we're talking about today is the first part of that. You can address the second if you'd like. But lest I be full and deny you and say, "Who is the Lord?" God loves you enough to give you only your daily bread, lest you forget Him. Lest you trust in yourself. You know, I was just sitting here thinking about how Paul fulfilled this. He lived this out. He learned, you know, he, what did he say? Uh, I know what. Plenty, it, yeah. 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 Philippians uh, 4. Yeah. You know, he, he learned the abundance. He learned the lack. And, but through it all was the sufficiency of Christ. Yeah, and most people believe that's you know I could be a I could be an astronaut if I want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Um, I, I you know I could be in the NBA if I just believe if my if my mind can believe it and uh, what is it uh, if my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it, I can achieve it, and that's foolishness. <laughs> yeah, that makes for a good TED talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I like that. I mean, really, it yeah, it, it's perfect. It, it sounds good. It sounds That'll great. preach. It'll preach, as they say. Yeah, it's just really poor doctrine, right? So Philippians four thirteen says something a little more like this: My goal is to glorify God, and I will have temptations on either side of the the, the, the spectrum and everywhere in between to deny God. So there is a temptation that a rich man has to not glorify God, right? Which is seems to be it's harder for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to fit through an eye of a needle. So there seems to be a temptation that money has. You know, People have pierced themselves with many pangs chasing after money. That's why godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah. And that's why Hebrews 13 reminds us that we are to be content with what we have. And then the the the, the kind of the, the reason for it is, for you said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is giving you what you need. Trust him. And that's why that godliness with contentment is great gain. So um, where was I going with that? You were saying, oh, um, Philippians 4.13. Yeah. Okay, so there, there seems to be a temptation to, to, to not glorify God, to deny him, to forget him when we have abundance, when we have plenty and food. And, and, and suddenly Deuteronomy 8, Proverbs 30, and many other places in Scripture warn us of this rich uh, having plenty. Revelation three, we did that last week. I mean, you say you're you're doing great, you're rich, but you're pitiable, poor, blind, and naked, 
and mm. he's going to spew you out of his mouth. So, the, so the, there's this temptation of the wealth. And then Philippians 4.13 says, you know, there's, but uh, preceding that, I, I've also been in poverty. Well, what's the temptation in poverty according to Proverbs 30? That you would steal. Yep. That you become desperate, that you would, that you would, you know, shout at God like uh, Psalm 73. Like Asaph said, you know, I've seen, I see these people doing well that mock you. I, I might want to be like them. And then he goes, oh, I was as a beast towards you. What was I thinking? Nevertheless, I'm with me. I'm with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me by your counsel. And afterward, you will, you will receive me to glory. Um, uh, so, so, and then, and then Paul reminds us, I can do all things, but only through Christ who strengthens me. And, yeah. And, and, and I love in, in this prayer where we started in, in Matthew 6, the implication here is clear that this is a daily prayer. The need isn't bread, physical bread with yeast or whatever. The need is for God. Give us this day our daily bread. Right. I, I, I actually think that 2 Corinthians 8 opens it up to anything we may need. Anything that, yes. we may need. Yes. I think it's anything. So God, I'm going to ask today for anything I may need. If it's financial, God will supply it. it, it now listen, sometimes we think we need something, even food or something like that. And God says, no, I mean, that's not your need today. He will supply every need that we have. We know that Paul writes that to the church of Philippi, uh, Philippian, yeah, the church of Philippi in the, in the, uh, what we call the book of Philippians. So, so you could take daily bread out and just put a blank line there. Give us this day our wisdom or our patience or, right. you know, yeah, whatever your need is right. that our, day. Right. Um, and pray for that. Ask for that. Yes. That's the point. Wait, he knows, but he already knows what you need. That's right. And he's waiting on you to know that you know it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then ask for it. Yeah. Amen. Um, and and to do the work that he has called us to do, you know, what is it? God's work done God's way will never lack God's resources so that, w- that we are to pray that we have the resources to do God's work. And again, uh, Philippians, or uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 8 allows us to just say, God, if we need money today to do something spectacular for you, do it. Um, I want to get in, in, into the persecution of it. Um, what is 2 Corinthians 1? Let me, let me, my mind is, is going kind of sideways. Um, that he, where he says uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 1, uh, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we has experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Um, God loves you enough sometimes to say, your storehouses are full and you're relying an awful lot on yourself. You're relying on your own wisdom. You're relying on your own riches. You're relying on your own, um, you know, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, the rich man boast in his riches. Uh, we need to boast in, in God. And sometimes affliction is a way to make us really dependent people. Well, I've always said sometimes it takes getting on our back uh, before we will cry out to God. Cry yeah, out, cry yeah. up to God. Yeah, we're, yeah. And, and I think a lot of times we think we can do it on our own. And, and for me, the worst part of that is a lot of times we live a Christian faith. Our, our faith walk is such that we probably could do it on our own because it's so weak and tepid and lukewarm. Yeah. 
we need very little help. Well, and that's the temptation that we have, you and I, and and anyone listening that does anything uh, ministerially. Um, the temptation is to not put in the effort to trust in Christ to lead us, to to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us. The, the temptation is to just do it in our own power and influence. And then, you know, for some, uh, they're they're good at that, and they can they can have what is perceived to be success. You know, there are mega churches that uh, are, you know, just built around a model that creates uh, interest and it looks successful, but it's so spiritually dry. Yeah, I, I would say I would make sure that we, it is become, not becoming, it, it always has been um, popular to appeal to the flesh. And by popular, I mean it draws people to appeal to the flesh. It just does nothing. It does not benefit spiritually. So you have a big group of people gathered around some type of a, a worship of something other than God. God wants worshipers in spirit and in truth. And these mega, not every mega church, but many mega churches are, are, thrive on appealing to the flesh. And you're not worshiping in spirit nor in truth. And that's the spiritual confusion that you tried to say. I, I think you beautifully opened up the door for us to walk down, and then I just kind of had an explosion of brain thoughts all over the place that let us left us confused. Yeah. But but that that confusion happens when you appeal to the flesh, and you drift from God, and there, you know, I mean, everybody becomes wise in their own eyes. Yeah. I don't know. Thinking themselves to be wise, they became as fools. Yeah, their foolish hearts were darkened. Yep. Uh, well, listener, thank you for joining uh, us thus far this week. We look forward to getting back with you tomorrow and opening our Bibles and, and just walking through uh, some Scripture. Uh, we continue to uh, exhort you to do the same, to continue to wrestle over these things and uh, you know seek the Lord for whatever it is that you need today and do that every day. Until we see you again tomorrow, God bless. Thank you.